I snapped oh. instead. Ooh, I was ooh, like, uh-oh. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, she just jumps into it sometimes. I did. I'm mm. here. This is what I, that's what I do. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey. Howdy. <laughs> Welcome to the 13th Floor Podcast. I'm Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And the, we're here. We're all in funny moods. I'm decorating <laughs> my room in Animal Crossing. Yeah. <laughs> Alex has bought two train sets. I didn't mean to. I don't know where they both came from. Yeah. So they're there. They occupy my room. They're far larger than I expected them to be. I don't play <laughs> Animal Crossing, but darn if Alex doesn't spend all his time doing it. <laughs> better than spending time with you, you know? You're going to get slapped. James, <laughs> how have you been? I've been good. Uh, this weather is driving me insane. It's cold where you guys are, right? It's hot in the daytime, and it's freezing at night. And tomorrow, it's supposed to be in the 20s. The 20s. Wow. Yeah. I do not It's pretty cool here, but not that cool. No. Yeah. June's not that far away, and it's supposed to be in the 20s tomorrow. I think that there's... A lot going on in the world right now, so nothing really surprises me at this point. Yeah. I don't care. I was told to stay inside anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, you guys, what are we talking about this week? The Titanic panic. We're talking about Titanic. Yeah. This topic was submitted to us by somebody named Jack. I don't know if that oh. was a false name. Just to or- suggest... <laughs> but I like it. Yeah, that's so, pretty funny. Jack, thank you for submitting your topic to us. It was great. We also have some exciting news. James, James, you did something, didn't you? Oh, that's right. We now have a website up and running. So if you go to 13thfloorpodcast.com, that's one three, not not spelled out all the way. Uh, you can check out our episodes and you can submit things to the vase digitally. And we even have a uh, phone number now. So if you want a voicemail, like a request for an episode or whatever, shout out, we might read it uh, or play it rather on air. Yeah. So you could call us. You can you can drop us a line. Send us your, your topics for the vase and we'll get them thrown into the vase because we got quite a few. We've got a quite a few in the vase right now. So, mm. yeah, you don't have to go through our Instagram or our Facebook anymore. So... But you still, you still can. You still can, but yeah. you have another another channel to reach the 13th floor gang. Um, yeah, check out the the website. James worked really hard on it and it looks nice. Thank you. Gotta get a new picture of me though. So mm. you know how it goes. I don't want anybody to see my face, but now they can see it. I don't mm. know how I feel about that. It's almost like you have Instagram and stuff already. <laughs> yeah. Uh James. James, do we have a icebreaker? Which is funny because we're talking about an iceberg today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, You know what? This is a cliche question, but we've never done it. So here we go. You know, thinking of shipwrecks, if you were stranded on a desert island and you could only bring three things with you, that's how the cliche goes, what would you bring? Dang. I hate this question because I never know what to say. Alex, you go first. I'd bring some twine. No, I oh. wouldn't bring twine. I feel like you could I wouldn't make need twine, twine on the island. That's why I was just saying. Oh my goodness. Oh. What? What? I would, would bring. bring <clears throat> I'd bring something to to bludgeon some animals with. Okay. Something to fish with, and a uh, tent. <laughs> a tent. Yeah. I don't know why you were so vague with the first two: a fishing pole and a baseball bat. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty Something much. to fish with. Maybe he, w- <laughs> he wants to keep his options open. I guess. Yeah, I oh, want to be able man. to select. Like, do I want to fly fish? Do I want. Mm. You know, just bass, fish for yeah. bass. You, you yeah. kind of missed the point of the question, but okay. <laughs> oh, James, man. what would you bring? Um, uh, Let's see. I would bring tea, a teapot, and a wakeboard. A wakeboard? Yeah. James, you are an odd duck. I'm just yeah. going to throw well, that I out there. You, I hope you enjoy dying on that Yeah, island, well, see, that's James. the point. The point is to bring three things that keep you, like, that you miss from home. Alive. It's not survival gear. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's the Dwight answer. I, hope, oh, I, hope, I would bring rush. Uh, wakeboarding <laughs> yourself till death. Yeah. He's going to get eaten by a shark. That's I, how I want to go anyway. Mean, what, I'm dead serious. That's what I want. I want to be chum. Oh my god! I I'm thought you kidding. wanted to die on Mars. No, I want to be an organ donor to sharks. <laughs> you donated donate all of them, James. <laughs> you confuse me because I always thought you wanted to die on Mars. I always thought that you didn't want to die and become a robot. Like you just confuse me. Well, yeah. let's just say that James wants to die a lot of ways. Now he yeah. wants to die by by shark mouth. Okay, yeah. I think that <laughs> that'd be some interesting content for Thirteenth Floor. Yeah, we'll live stream it. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> oh my gosh. What about you, Cece? Um, I would want to bring I'm trying to think of like my most prized possessions, but then it's like I also don't want to talk about them because uh-huh. I, my I, mm, this is so hard. I would bring my camera. Mm. I would bring a hat because if I don't I'm gonna burn. Uh-huh. And I would bring this is my favorite food. A bowl of chicken noodle soup. <laughs> Yum. Why you would take this all to the, the chicken noodle soup? I get. Why did you bring a bowl? You should have brought like a bathtub full of. Uh, it. You know what I could do? <laughs> I could. I, well, then I'd have to bring a bathtub. That's an additional and, thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if yeah. we're talking raw survival, you know what? I would take another boat. Checkmate everyone. Yeah. Yep. That'd be easy. Or a cell yeah. phone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck navigating because you didn't specify that boat had a compass. A compass? A compass. Oh, yeah, that's weird. It's just compass. I think that we've talked about this before. I normally before, say compass. Like in, on a private <laughs> conversation. I think, swear to God. We've talked about it before. That's what compass. I thought. Compass. Okay. Well, are you guys ready to hop on into our topic for the day? Yeah. We're talking about the Titanic. Um, and we're going to be talking about conspiracy theories surrounding the Titanic. Oh, wow. What was that? I got a little country bumpkin over here. We're talking about the Titanic. The Titanic. This. Let me pull up my notes because I'm starting us off this week and I'm going to be talking about the history of the Titanic. I'm just going to give you all a little recap. Boop. Okay. So I got most of my research from the insider, journeyranger.com, ranker, CNN money, titanicbelfast.com, and encyclopedia titanic.org. And also nationalgeographicandhistory.com. Lots, like, the, the amount of Titanic material online is just, like, insane. It's it's like it was a big event or something. Yeah, it's everywhere. So, I'm going to be telling the story of what most everyone already knows. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't heard of the Titanic, then whoop, you're about to. But I'm going to talk about the history of what happened on the Titanic 108 years ago in the early morn of April 15th. 1912. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. We've all seen the movie, right? James, you've seen the movie. Oh, yeah. Alex, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember it used to come on those two VHS tapes. Oh, oh wow, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, it came on two VHS tapes, but I remember last time I was in Kentucky, I stopped by my dad's house, and it just happened to be on, like, TBS or something, and I was like, oh, Titanic's on, and it was, like, the very beginning of the movie. I was like, I can't stay for very long, and then I stayed and watched the entire movie. Mm-hmm. It's one of those movies that sucks you in. Agreed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very good movie. I'm going to give a little recap uh, and maybe throw on a little fun facts along the way. But can they really be considered fun facts when it's like about a terrible tragedy? Mm, I think the time has expired on it. It happened a long time ago. But the RMS Titanic operated by White Star Line. It took about 26 months to build. So it took a while to build. Mm. And while it was technically registered as a British ship, it was actually owned by an American Tycoon J.P. Morgan. (laughs) And I won't talk about him too much because James, Sir James, he's got some some beef up his sleeve with regards to... Beef up his sleeve. Beef up his sleeve. What did that comment say? I never heard that. That's my new phrase. Beef up his sleeve. Okay. Just made it up, but... Oh, man. James is going to talk about J.P. Morgan a little bit later, so I'm not going to I'm not going to step on your toes today, James. Sounds good. Yeah, the the Titanic was the world's largest ship when it set sail for its maiden voyage on April 10th, 1912. It was 882 feet long, and it was nicknamed the Unsinkable Ship mm. because of some of the safety measures that were put in place for the time, like quote unquote watertight compartments and doors and stuff like that. But I feel mm. like you're just like. It's just like bad to name yourself something like the unsinkable ship. Yeah, you're asking for it. Yeah, you're asking for it. But at the time, people just thought that boats this big could not go down. Like they couldn't sink. So it was a marvel for people to see. People were very excited about this boat. Everyone wanted to ride it. And a lot of people did. Exact number of passengers. It's not actually known because there are some people who may not have been registered on the the low list or whatever, but the official total that most people go by is 2,229 passengers. And the passenger list included lots of very rich and well-known people, some of which we'll talk about a little bit later, but also lots of immigrants from Great Britain, Ireland, Scandinavia, France, and so on and so forth. So let's talk about the wealthy peeps, you guys. These people, they had it good on this boat. They had tons of luxuries. They had access to a cafe and a fancy restaurant and a heated swimming pool and a gymnasium, Turkish baths. They had luxury kennels for their dogs, Mm. reading rooms. They had a barber and a masseuse. They could play squash, my favorite sport. Mm, Yeah, some of you are passionate about squash. Yeah, (laughs) and their suites had private toilets, so it was fancy schmancy stuff for them. (laughs) But... Anyone who wasn't first class, though, that was a little bit different. I don't know about the standard standard class passengers because I couldn't find much information on them. I'm sure it's out there, but I didn't concentrate on it. But the third class passengers got the short end of the stick. Obviously, they were the last ones to have any reach for the lifeboats. But they also had to share two bathtubs between 700 people. Yay. Two bathtubs. Bleh. That means I'm not bathing. Yeah, exactly. I, I just jump in the sea for a while. Goodness. Anyways, the Titanic set sail on April 10th, 1912 from Southampton. I tried to figure out how to say it with a, uh, an English accent, but I, I can't do it. 
And then it also stopped at Chambon. Is that how you say it? Chambon, France. I think And so. then in Queens, Chambon. yeah, Queenstown, Ireland. And then it started heading to New York City. And it was smooth sailing until the early morning of April 15th. This is when they hit the iceberg. The ship's lookout is a guy named Frederick Fleet, who did survive the, the uh, disaster. But he spotted the, the iceberg, iceberg right ahead, like in the movie. <laughs> we, watched, we watched that scene right before we started recording this, James. So it's all fresh in my brain. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a very pivotal moment in that film. But the ship was to be steered around the ice. But they saw this iceberg like 37 seconds before they hit it. So there really wasn't hardly any time to get that massive boat around it. But fun fact about the lookouts, they were supposed to have binoculars, but the binoculars were locked inside a box that no one had a key to. So they just (laughs) had to rely on eyesight alone. Apparently, the ship's second officer was replaced just before they set sail, and he had the key and he didn't hand it off. And Mm. so the binoculars were were in this locker and just nobody nobody could get to him. So can you imagine if they had had them? We might not be talking about this right now. It's amazing that they put binoculars in a locker. They put the binoculars in a locker, a locked locker of all places. I feel like he made this up because he didn't want to be responsible because maybe he like left it at his bunk. He was like, well, everyone that knows the real story is dead. So, oh, is there a locker? No, no, I couldn't get in, yeah. I mean, the binoculars are probably at the bottom of the ocean right now. But the key to the locker sold an auction in 2010 for around $130,000. And he Ooh. sold it himself. No, I just made that up. no, Fleet actually had a pretty rough end. Um, he survived, but he did take his own life in 1965 after his wife passed away. Yeah. Thank you, CC. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, let's, don't make fun of don't, don't don't make fun. That's like the third time that's happened that we've had, we've talked about somebody <laughs> tragic and Alex has mocked them minutes before finding out something bad about them. It's <laughs> <laughs> just his MO these days. Yeah. <laughs> it won't it won't shake me. Yeah, no, he's going to do it again in a future episode. I'll do it again this episode yeah. probably. <laughs> but other artifacts that drew a pretty penny from the Titanic, a 200 million dollar diamond bracelet with the name Amy on it. It was found at the bottom of the ocean, apparently, in 1987. wonder who it belonged to. Uh, there was a lunch card menu that sold for $121,000. There was a life jacket that sold for $55,000. Well, my favorite piece of memorabilia, and this is something I've, I've set my own two eyes on, you guys, is the Wallace Hartley violin. And the ship's uh. musicians were true heroes because they played their little instruments until the ship actually sank all the way all of the musicians perish but they also had this little booklet before they set sail all of the musicians (laughs) what what i'm just thinking what song were they playing for some reason thunderstruck (laughs) 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 they were classy men but they gave all the passengers a little music book Mm -hmm. with like 380 something songs in it and the musicians had to memorize every song in the book so that if somebody came up to request a song from them, they could just play it. Wow. They, they weren't allowed to look at sheet music. They wanted them to be able to play it whenever. So these musicians were amazing. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, Wallace Hartley's violin, apparently he put his violin back in its case and he tried to use the case to float. He did 
pass away. But when they found him and his violin, his violin was a little water damaged, but it was still okay. Mm. So Hmm. interesting piece there, you guys. Back to the collision, though. Let's get back to the meat of the story Maybe here. He the beef up, up our sleeves. He should have used his case as a boat instead of yeah. trying to float off. If only like, he played bass. That's right. <laughs> you guys. I swear. <laughs> but the iceberg, it scraped along the starboard side of the ship, making all these little holes. And next thing you know, five of the ship's watertight, quote unquote, watertight compartments were compromised. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and the crew was just like, uh-oh, the ship can't survive just four of its watertight compartments flooding, and we got five. Mm. And then it was just chaos from there. And everyone realized what was happening. It was just madness everywhere, except for the musicians. They were very calm. They played their music. But sadly, the ship only had enough lifeboats to carry about half of the passengers on board, which they didn't even carry half of them. Um and part of this might be due to the fact that safety training had been canceled for some unknown reason. Evacuation trainings were canceled right mm. before the ship sailed. So the crew didn't know how many people could fit on a lifeboat. They weren't like, they didn't know how to really That's launch shady, these lifeboats. Man. <laughs> it's so shady. It's, it's, Whenever I'm on a plane, they everybody's heard that lecture over and over, but they still do it just in case. Flipping Titanic, they're like, don't worry about it, guys. Well, they threw caution to the wind with their their safety training, you guys. Because, you know, they thought that this ship was unsinkable. Everybody was like, oh, nothing's going to happen. We're fine. Yeah. Yeah. And it ended up biting them in the butts. Don't believe the hype. But the third class passengers were left to fend for themselves. And women and children was the general rule for the lifeboats. Though many men are rumored to have dressed as women to get a seat on the lifeboat. (laughs) (laughs) Name? Lady Ladyson. Well, many of the third-class passengers were trapped inside the ship as it filled with water. And of those who ended up in the water, most likely died within minutes. Mm. The water was 28 degrees Fahrenheit, just freezing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Negative 2 degrees Celsius for all of our international listeners out there. (laughs) But sudden immersion in water, that cold caused many to die of cardiac arrest, hypothermia, drowning, all within 15 to 30 minutes tops. Mm. Uh, Most of the survivors that were pulled from the water and they don't really know how many people were pulled from the water because numbers were a little shaky back then. But most of the people who did survive. <laughs> they just invented numbers like the year before. Yeah, yeah they had just started using them. So no one really knew what numbers or how no. they worked. Boy, I'm going to slap you. James, James, if I were next to you, I'd step on your foot. Well, anyways... Uh, most of the people who did survive being pulled out of the water had something to float on. So it's like they weren't mm. just submerged fully in the water. Mm. But one of the most famous cases of someone being pulled alive from the water was the ship's one of the ship's bakers, Charles Jockin. He floated on this giant baguette. <laughs> <laughs> no, he apparently had a lot to drink. Whiskey. Oh, yeah. kept him warm. Kept him warm. And he survived on top of an over... An overturned lifeboat. It was a collapsible lifeboat, but it was overturned. And apparently 29 other men, they all stood on top of it. And they were, most of them were pulled to safety. But apparently there's some controversy surrounding this particular lifeboat. And I found an online forum where people could discuss slash argue really about uh, (laughs) what happened on the Titanic. Mm -hmm. And one thread that I read through said that many on this collapsible lifeboat may have been crew members and they think that maybe 
these people weren't really on a lifeboat. They just kind of got on, but they they didn't want to face any slack for having so many of the crew survive when so many of the passengers mm. died. So nobody really knows. That's, that's a true. lot of guessing. That makes a lot of sense, though, to me. I can totally see that being the case. But men also faced some stigma if they survived mm. after they survived. But the ship's... Like, for instance, the ship's only one Japanese passenger that survived. He got home and he was ostracized for not going down with the ship. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But man. he uh, people claim that he dressed as a woman to get on a lifeboat. He says that a lifeboat yelled for two more people to get on, so he just hopped on. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine, like... Why wouldn't I'm going to tell you the numbers here in a minute. But the official survivor breakdown goes like this. 706 people survived. Around 706, 710, something like that. 492 passengers, 214 crew, 61% of the first class passengers survived. Interesting Mm. fact, only four women from first class died during this entire thing. Wow. Including a woman named Anne Elizabeth Isham, and she reportedly jumped out of a lifeboat back onto the ship because she couldn't take her great dang with her. Wow. That is the bougiest thing I've ever heard. I know. That is, that is, that is. She is the pinnacle of a dog lover. Yeah, freeze Marmaduke, man. Come on. (laughs) Well, I mean, if she, what if that's all she had to live for was her little, her Great Dane? And I saw a picture of this Great Dane. It was a pretty Great Dane, man. (laughs) Was it worth dying for? Probably not. But, but (laughs) I mean, I can't, I can't hate on her. I think it's, I don't know, kind of noble. Mm. She didn't want to leave her family member behind. Absolutely. It's sweet. It's sweet. Uh, 42% of second-class passengers survived. 24% of third-class passengers survived. Another interesting fact, all of the ship's engineers went down with the ship. Uh-huh. So they worked to keep the electricity and the engines engines going until the ship was fully submerged because they wanted to try and keep it afloat for as Oof. long as possible so that there might be some hope that a ship wow. would come and rescue them. Oof. Yeah. And a ship called the Carpathia came eventually – uh, despite another ship, the SS Californian yeah, being yeah. closer, but there was, there was, you know, there was a, there was a, when that clip that you watched, CC, there is a mention like, is it the idiots of the SS California again yeah. or something? Like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there they was they some, just kind of sat there. Yeah. They, well, one thing that I read said that one of the ships turned off their radio for the night. Mm-hmm. And then another ship saw the flares going off on the Titanic and just thought it was fireworks. And so they didn't go hmm. until that's you shady know, too. Afterwards, goodness, it's weird. Yeah, you would actively be looking for flares <laughs> out there in the yeah. ocean. I would think they're just like, oh, pretty fireworks. So let's talk about some of the notable passengers on the ship. The first being John Jacob Astor. He mm. was one of the wealthiest people on board the ship who perished, and he was returning to America after a long, extended honeymoon with his sweetheart Madeline. His wife, she was like 18 and he was a lot older. She, His his wife was a year younger than his son. Wow. I mean, I've seen it happen before, but sure. that's crazy. He was one of the few victims to be pulled from the water and he had 24, or he had $2,400 in his pocket. Dang. 60K today. So he was, he was rich, y'all. The was, unsink- was he, de- he was dead? Man. I think that he perished. Yeah, he died. The unsinkable Molly Brown was on the boat, a.k.a. Margaret Brown. She's probably one of the more famous passengers that most people know about, but she tried to get her lifeboat crew to turn back around and help people, but she was unsuccessful. 
She was uh, she was played by the amazing Kathy Bates in the Titanic. Oh movie, yeah, by James Cameron. Yeah, and Benjamin Guggenheim. He was on the ship and he died in style. He was rumored to have put on his nicest suit with his valet and gone to the smoking room. And as the ship sank, he smoked a little cigar. And he said that he was quote going to go down like a gentleman. Dang. Dressed to the nines. <laughs> yeah. There were other notable people who bought tickets for the Titanic's maiden voyage, but they didn't end up boarding. Lucky for them. And they include J.P. Morgan himself, uh, the famous inventor Marconi. (laughs) Marconi, Marconi, the genius inventor Marconi. And then also (laughs) Milton Hershey, the chocolate maker. Uh, Did Hershey survive? He didn't get on the ship. Oh, he he didn't get on the ship. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then the last remaining survivor of the Titanic, her name was Milvina Dean. She passed away in 2009, and she was two months old when the ship sank. She's apparently wrapped in a sack and lowered into a lifeboat. Hmm. Can you imagine? But she was a third-class passenger. So So after the ship sank, news obviously spread like wildfire, but it was the wrong news at first. So all of the newspapers reported that nobody had passed away in the disaster because they had no idea. They just knew the ship had sank, but they didn't know, you know, there were casualties. And so all these people were like, oh, thank God my family's okay. And then it comes comes to light that, no, a lot of people died. Ooh. And so that made it sting even more. But, mm. yeah, the news came out and people were just like, well, I guess ships that big can sink. Mm. And it was 73 years before the wreckage of the Titanic would be found. It was found in 1985. Rumor has it during a top secret Cold War Navy mission. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. A guy named Robert Ballard found it. He'd been searching for two submarines for the Navy. And he found them. And then he had 12 days left in his mission. So he was like, hey, guys, can I look for the Titanic? And they're like, sure, why not? They didn't think he'd find it. But then he found it. Hmm. And then they got nervous because they were like, oh, we don't want people to know about our secret mission. But. (laughs) We also found the Titanic, so. (laughs) Dang. Yeah, interesting stuff. And the Titanic, it sits on the bottom of the sea now. And bacteria is eating away at it. And they think it might be gone entirely by 2030. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. Now, we're going to get into some conspiracy theories surrounding the boat. Alex, do you want to? I've, I've got a few. Yeah. A few quick ones, a few appetizers before James's main course. All right, boy. Okay. <laughs> give us give us these appetizers. I've hyped you up, James. Now you can't disappoint. Yeah, I was about to say, dang. <laughs> uh, so, what if that thing sitting at the bottom of the CCC isn't actually the Titanic? <gasps> yeah, that's what I was waiting for. What CCC if- is funny. I know. I was just thinking about that. What if the Titanic was actually switched out and nobody knew? Switched out? How would they switch that out? Well, it sounds preposterous. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Let me take you on a journey or rather a quick riverboat ride. Um, (laughs) uh, There's actually the Titanic actually had a sister ship just a little bit older named the Olympic. Yes. And they were nearly identical. Now, the Olympic. Had run and it was owned by the same company. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you mentioned it was the White Star Line. Yeah, White Star. So Line. White Star Line owned the Olympic and the Titanic. 
But the problem is the Olympic accidentally ran into a warship in 1911 and mm. was damaged. But since it was the Olympics' fault for running into them, the White Star Line couldn't get the insurance money to fully so repair the ship. weird to think ship. that it's mm. even covered. Yeah. Who's yeah. the company? <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, so they couldn't, they were unable to get any insurance money out of it. So uh, this guy that wrote this book called Titanic, the ship that never sank? With a question mark. Yeah. What's, who wrote it? Robin Gardiner. He theorized that the line actually fixed up the Olympic as much as they could and then pretended that it was actually the Titanic. And they, he says that by allowing the ship to be the Titanic, the company would now be able to collect the insurance payment when it did sink. So, the original intent, though, was to not kill everybody on board, according to this theory. The plan was, if it had gone off without a hitch, was for the ship to sink slowly while another ship would come by and rescue the crew and passengers. Mm-hmm. The problem, though, is that the Titanic accidentally ran over the rescue ship. Ran over the rescue ship? It wasn't an iceberg that it hit. It actually, ran, it actually hit a smaller ship. Mm-hmm. And so the, this is what the passengers and crew members later mistook for the iceberg. Was the ship? Was this small rescue ship? Hmm. And essentially, the the thing was supposed to slowly sink. They're all going to get picked up, and they're going to get all their money for the Olympic that they had wrecked earlier, repaired. Mm-hmm. And so they were going to have a the Titanic, which I guess was now the Olympic. Yeah. And then the Olympic was just going to be sitting at the bottom of the ocean, right where they wanted it. Now mm-hmm. the problem with the theory is that the Olympic and the Titanic had a number that was stamped on each of them. Mm -hmm. The Titanic had the number 401. The Olympic had the number 400. Well, guess what number the one at the bottom of the sea has, and guess what number that was of the quote-unquote Olympic that was scrapped has? The Olympic that was eventually scrapped had the number 400, meaning that... It should be that the original Olympic was never swapped out. <laughs> but I'm so confused. You you threw in numbers there, and now I'm just like, huh? When they build the ships, they each have construction codes on them. Let's, listen, numbers I'm are giving, shaky. All right, I'm giving... Numbers are shaky. According to you, yes. <laughs> yeah, but so when they dismantled <laughs> the original Olympic, it never... Nothing stamped on it had the wrong code. Okay. So, this theory is considered debunked. debunked. But Bunked. it is a pretty big prevalent theory, and a lot of people seem to kind of buy into it. Well, the reason that I'm just kind of like, hmm, is because they have a picture of an iceberg that has red paint on the side of it that they think was the iceberg that was hit or that sunk the ship. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's, what's that picture from? That's cool. I didn't know that. It was taken like the day after it happened. Interesting. Yeah, the day after it happened. Yeah, like the insurance, like the like that company couldn't just paint a little, paint red, a little mark. red mark on it. Look at that. Boom. Mm. Boom. But they also, another 
some other entities that are against this theory, they seem to think that if the Olympic had been, I guess, cashed out for insurance or the ti- the quote unquote Titanic had been cashed out for insurance, it wouldn't have covered the cost. Yeah. So it, it's, it's shaky, but this guy really believes it. And a lot of other people do. It seems too confusing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> the, another theory is called the mummy's curse. Have you heard about this one, James? I've heard of it, but I don't really know a lot of the details. Well, uh, yeah, there's a, probably a reason why. So one of, <laughs> <laughs> one of the passengers that went down with the ship was a guy named William Steed. And he was this editor who had... Okay, hey, I'm going to talk about the mummy first. I'm going to set, that, set him up. <laughs> there's been this mummy that's been brought back from Egypt to London. Yeah. And it seems like destruction and disaster follow wherever this mummy goes. Naturally. And so they wanted to get rid of this mummy. This, you know, no one wants the, the scary mummy that, that when you throw it in a trash can, turn around, it's right behind you. No. <laughs> Nobody wants that. So they were more than happy to sell it to this guy named William Steed. And he bought it? He bought it because he did it. I don't believe that. I don't believe that stuff. So he went on oh, the Titanic, packed up his mummy, and sure enough, it sank on the way back. Was the mummy on the Titanic? Supposedly. Or it could just still be at the British Museum. I was going to say. <laughs> Which is where it's <laughs> still at. Okay. Why this oh is a prevalent God. theory is beyond me. But it is still talked about to this day. And the museum even is like... Well, the story goes, and it's like, but this thing never left. It stayed here. <laughs> Maybe. Or, since it's a cursed mummy, it appeared there after its job was done with the Titanic. That's what I was thinking. It swam back. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be insane? Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah. So, that's another theory, for some reason, that people seem to believe a little bit. Yeah. And then, my last theory is... The U-boat theory. And essentially, and this one actually, it doesn't hold a whole lot of water, but it's also possible. So, there in 1915, there was a sinking of the ship, the Lusitania, by a German U-boat. And it it torpedoed them and killed um, uh, 1,200 people. So, the sinking of of these ships by... Submarines isn't unfounded, but this did take place uh, a couple of years before the Great World War. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's debated on whether or not, but the reason they think this theory is possible is because a mysterious ship was seen about six miles away by several people that were there. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the SS California, and it wasn't the one that came to rescue them. So several people seem to have seen the ship that stayed there and then drove away, essentially. So the theory is, A, it's possible that this submarine accidentally ran into the Titanic, Titanic and sank them, or it purposely torpedoed them. Hmm. Uh, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. If they ran into a much bigger vessel, You would think it would just destroy them. it, right? Yeah, well, it would kill all yeah. of them. Yeah, that's what I would think, too. But the, the prevailing theory is... Those two things. <laughs> I didn't make the theory up, James, but I thought the same thing. I was like, uh, wouldn't yeah. it just crush that thing? 
Yeah. But then again, I guess it has to withstand some pretty, I don't know how sturdy they are when they're not like super deep under like intense pressure. I don't know. I don't know. And that's also know. early 1900. It's technology. So mm, I well, don't know, but I didn't see anything that really said that it's impossible. Hmm. On that one. U-boats. U-boats. Mummies. Mummies. So it seems like a lot of these theories are garbage. But James, James I think, might have one that's possible. It's a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. plausible, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. James, tell well, us about it. Sure thing. Well, this is a conspiracy that's been bouncing around for a long time. But it's sort of been... Brought back to the surface by QAnon, who were totally <laughs> pardon the pun, to a flipping, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <to> the surface. <laughs> who were we're totally going to do an episode on at some point, um, and a lot of people have tried to debunk this story because it's purported by QAnon. And one of the arguments, I'm not kidding, in the the fact checking uh, articles that I've read, are that well, QAnon also believes in Operation Mockingbird, and that's nonsense. <laughs> well. No. <laughs> so so I absolutely think that a lot of the arguments uh, against it are actually nonsense. But there's also a lot of evidence that it's not the case. So here's the deal. Um, as you mentioned, Cece, some very well-known and very, very wealthy men died on the Titanic, including, as you mentioned, Jacob Astor mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Benjamin Guggenheim and Isidore Strauss. Yeah. Those are like those are like the three big names in money back in the day. Like it's, it's, it's really mind blowing to think of. Imagine if a tragedy happened today and like all the Kardashians and Bill Gates and uh, Zuckerberg, uh, they, they just all ended up dying in the same day. And incidentally, the CEO of Amazon was the only guy who, who didn't. <laughs> and therefore people would immediately assume, well, wait a minute now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> What what is something rotten with Amazon? Uh, well, that's kind of the deal with J.P. Morgan. Was he was supposed to, as you mentioned, uh, ride on the ship, and he canceled at the last minute. And incidentally, three extremely wealthy people died. Yeah. The conspiracy goes that J.P. Morgan was a staunch advocate of the creation of the Federal Reserve, which happened less than a year after the Titanic sank. And his rivals opposed it. Now, the big problem with that is, one, we don't really have a lot of records for the political positions on the Fed of any of these people. But we do know Strauss was all about it. So that right there throws a big hole in it. Uh, Yeah. But what's really weird about uh, the, the theory in and of itself is, how do you sabotage a boat I mean, literally think about it. Like, what would you do? Line it with charges? Bribe somebody to drive it into an iceberg? There's a lot of flaws here is is where I'm going with that. Uh, And and Astor and Guggenheim, as far as we know, were pretty neutral about the the creation of the Fed. And I don't think there's any hard evidence that Morgan was a staunch advocate. So the whole thing just stinks to high heaven. It's, It's not a very viable theory. But it, it does raise some questions. Mainly, why did Morgan uh, cancel? I've heard a lot of arguments for, for why, 
but I've not seen any hard record as to what the reasoning was. And I find it interesting that a lot of those, I mean, you mentioned them, uh, Cece, a lot of people decided not to ride this like once in a lifetime cruise. Yeah. It's a little odd. I, I would find that I would find that very suspicious, not just from that perspective, but from from all the people that that survived by not taking a ride on it. I mean, even people who did survive, like again, flipping what was it, Molly Brown, Margaret Brown, Mol- the unsinkable yeah. Molly Brown. Yeah, but uh, that's really uh, you know, I, I, it's it was my main topic, but there's just not that much evidence for it, so I just kind of grazed over it because it's just. There's just not a lot for it. But there is another weird one that I thought for sure that Alex was going to cover. And I'm glad that I had researched it because I'm going to talk about it too. <laughs> what? I said, me too. <laughs> and that would be No Pope. Oh, yeah. I saw so, it, but I laughed yeah, at it. So I, 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 uh, yeah, this is, this is equally silly. Actually, it's more silly. Yes. Um, <laughs> so here's, the, here's another argument. Uh, according to some, <clears throat> Catholics uh, who were, were working on the ship, they were shocked. They were like, oh my God, look at this. The ship's number, it's it's 390904. And if you look at it that backwards, it says, no Pope. And and they happened to notice that because they saw it in a mirror. They were like, oh my God, no <laughs> Pope. So, <laughs> so, well, first of all, um, the ship was worked on and launched at Belfast. So there weren't any Catholics at the shipyard anyway. <laughs> so that like red flag right there. Not uh, Belfast wasn't exactly known for uh, a, a lot of Catholics running around. If you catch my drift, right? So right off the bat, we got a problem there. Also, even if you squint, it does not even remotely. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I was trying to pull up a picture for Cece because it's so ridiculous. Yeah, but it gets it gets crazier. Um, there was it didn't have that number. <laughs> it's like every single facet of this, and this is why I think that it's important to delve into all the the myths, even the mummy one about the Titanic, because there's so many, and there's so many people who are very staunch believers in some of these, and yet there's not really a good argument for it. Uh, I, I mean. Well, a great example is, you know, one of the arguments is all these rich people died on the the boat. Therefore, the surviving business rivals uh, must have killed them off. Well, these are people who are very, very wealthy. If they were actually concerned that a rival could have, you know, offed them, why did they all congregate on a big boat in the first place? It's just... (laughs) It, it it unlike un just like the ship itself, it doesn't hold water. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so I take issue with it. And there's one other thing I kind of wanted to graze on, just <laughs> just minor thing. I just think it's interesting. I think every every episode we do, I'm like, this should be a movie. <laughs> um, as you mentioned, CC Marconi, mm-hmm. Marconi needs an effing movie made after him. I don't know why that doesn't exist. Let me tell you guys a little bit about Marconi. Just just because he fascinates me so much. One, he's the reason why we have Titanic survivors to begin with. He is, because he had, he invented the radio. Exactly. And if it weren't for radio broadcasts, there wouldn't have been a distress. So it's just like really cool to think that here's a guy who toured the Titanic, who considered riding the Titanic, who didn't, and ultimately was saved, or ultimately was saved. Not only was he saved by not riding it, but he saved numerous people indirectly just through the creation of the radio 
it just blows my mind. The dude, it's like a James Bond movie. The, the dude has, I think I actually, I, I just realized why he, he doesn't have a movie. I'll tell you about that in a second. <laughs> but another fascinating thing about the guy, I mean, uh, amazing individual. <laughs> he, he also worked on microwaves. So like microwaves partially are owed to his, his work as well. And this is the weird part. You know, they didn't really understand microwaves that much. This was like, you know, the late thirties, like 37 ish. Uh, he had nine heart attacks in a three-year span working on them microwaves. Whoa. So it kind of lends itself. I mean, he was in his early 60s. That's pretty old for 1930, but still, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm suspicious. <sighs> but uh, also, he was a member of the Italian fascist party and strongly supported Mussolini. So, Ooh. you know, every time you uh, microwave a Hot Pocket, he's goose-stepping in heaven. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I think, <laughs> that's why I think he probably doesn't have a, a biography. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't realize yeah. that about it's him. It's a shame though. I mean, cuz he's a fascinating dude. James, did you just tell us all about Marconi because you want to make that joke? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you guys, that's the Titanic conspiracies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever been to the Titanic Museum? I went with you. Uh, I haven't, yeah. but uh, Mandy has. I've been three times now that I really stopped to think about it. I went with Alex wow. once. Two of my other times that I went, it's kind of like, it's morbid because they give you these little names. Like when you get there, they uh, give you yeah. your boarding pass. I died. Yeah, Alex died. I survived every time I went. But they'll give you a boarding oh, pass and you walk through the entire thing and you're just like, oh, the Titanic. And then you get to the very end and they have a list of all the people who died and who survived and you see, Oh, did you know, did I survive or die? The first time I went, it was in New York city with my friend, Kate. I know she's listening. Hey, Kate. And Mm. my person survived and Kate's perished and she started bawling, like sobbing in the middle of the Titanic (laughs) museum. So that's, that's a uh, memory that I'll always have. But anyways, the Titanic has always fascinated me. I personally think there was no conspiracy. It was just they didn't have those darn binoculars. Well, the Olympics yeah, sitting at the bottom of the sea. Yeah, Alex is a yeah. staunch believer in the mm, big believer Olympic theory. The evidence really leans my way. That's it, you guys. That's that's the episode. So thank you, Jack, for submitting this. This was actually a really fun one to research. Yeah, Rose, why don't you send us something? Though? Yeah, Rose, why don't yeah. you send us something? Maybe we'll do a two-part Titanic episode. JK, I think we're <laughs> done with this. Okay, um, do do we need to draw from the vase? Unless you just want to quit this podcast right now. Let me get the vase real quick. Mm. Okay, are we ready, you guys, to draw from the vase? Alex, <laughs> put your hands in this vase. Hands? <laughs> All right, next week we are talking about... Ooh, we're returning to food conspiracies. Ooh. We're going to chew on a corn cob. Goodness. All right, you guys, we're talking about food conspiracies. Um, Alex, who does our music? Our music is by Grant Cook. You can find his music on Spotify, Amazon Music, anywhere you listen to music. And he actually has a new single come out on, uh, I guess it's 5-8 when we're recording. So Yeah. So give it a listen, you guys. And do you guys want to say anything else before we head out for the evening? No. All right, guys. Don't eat old beef stew. You'll get stomach cramps. Oh yeah, you guys. Alex ate. (laughs) James. I was wondering why you were cranky. That's the deal. Yeah. 
I made I made beef stew the other day. It was delicious. And Alex, I told him to put it away, and then he didn't until like three or four hours later. Yeah. And then he ate it the next day. I told him. Well, I ate it the next day and didn't probably heat it enough. Oh, so it was just bad decisions all the way around. So he's been he's been an ill. His yeah. tummy's been rumbling today, oh, James. <laughs> so that that's our life tip for this episode. Until next time, <laughs> <laughs> we hope that you can keep, keep it strange. strange.